fabulous. Welcome everybody to No One Likes a Tuna Podcast, the world's premier dedicated Fast and Furious podcast. My name is Nick Nocera. And I'm Daryl Wong. Daryl, the premise of this somehow is that we watch a Fast and Furious movie every week, uh, and then we basically don't talk about it for 45 minutes, half an hour, 45 minutes, mm-hmm. uh, and then we, you know, do it again the next week. Is that right? Yeah, we're a bunch of tryhards over here, trying hard to watch these movies and pick out new stuff on a weekly basis. Trying and... hard and failing hard, pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. We have a special guest today. Special uh, guest, hello. Hello, old-time friend of the pod, <laughs> former <laughs> Shelburne Falls coffee roastress. Yeah. The Claire Saffitz of news, Kate Nocera, is on the pod today. How you doing, Kate? I'm I'm great, thanks. How are you? I'm 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 gainfully unemployed currently. Love that. Um, which means when you asked me if I had any interest in coming on the podcast slash watching Fast and Furious Six, I couldn't uh-huh. tell you that I was too busy to do it. Well, that was the whole idea. Yeah, <laughs> <absolutely>. <laughs> we, 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 so we, that was unfortunate for me. I knew we were. that you were currently at home. And uh, had, had a lot of time, hands. have a yeah. lot of time on my hands these days. Yep. <laughs> yeah, good. True. Good. Um, well, you, we all watched Furious 6 this week. Yep. Um, and Kate, you had previously, the last time you were on the pod, watched Fast Five, right? Mm. Which was a while, a sure. few months ago. I, would I say. definitely remember everything that happened in it. Right. They really burn into your brain, these features. <laughs> Uh, do you have any thought, just initial sort of pop out things that really came to you? So I did remember from Fast Five that uh, they, at the very end, they see the photo of Letty and they're yes. like, ah, is she alive? She's coming back, which I imagine at the time was just like mind blowing. Right. And yes. That everyone, and then everyone like settles down and they're rich. And, um, I, did, <laughs> I think that my, my biggest thing with the movie was just like the ultimate, like justification for every bad behavior or like poor decision was like, well, it's my family. Mm-hmm. Yes. Gotta be there for them. Gotta be there. Gotta be um, there for my family. Like, if I was a multimillionaire, let's say I'm Tyrese and I'm and I sure. have a lot of money and I'm I that think, handsome. Look, based on Tyrese's Instagram, I believe it's debatable whether he's a multimillionaire at this point. But go for right. it. Least, he's he's a lease owner. He's he leased. He's a lease. He's he's I'm talking about like in the movie. Yeah. Okay. He's, in in the canon. movie. He, I don't. I don't know. I don't actually know his name. I Roman didn't pay close is the name of the Yeah, no, it's cool. we don't know any <laughs> learn, of names mostly. Either. Learn his name or Ludacris's name. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just gonna refer to everyone by their real That's life name, but assume that I'm fine. talking about what their character is doing mm-hmm. in the movie. Mm-hmm. So, but if I'm Tyrese and I have all this money and like I'm that handsome, I don't think I'm gonna go help do another heist you know like right. i just don't think that i don't think that that's where i am so their definition of family was interesting right daryl what in your mind is the most egregious 
stretch. I mean, I have my, but the most egregious sort of use of the family wrangling, the family mm-hmm. manipulation. I mean, yeah, this is it, and this is it. And I mm-hmm. think my main point, I, yeah, one of the main things that I wanted to talk about this week was that, um, I mean, this is the best. This is the best movie in the series. Thank you. Thank you. It is. You're coming around, baby. (laughs) It's. I'm a believer now more than ever, and uh, and we're watching it in this sequence. This starting at Hobbs and Shaw, working our way toward, working our way toward the beginning. It's Mm -hmm. become only more obvious Mm -hmm. that this is the best and also the most important movie in the franchise. Thank you. It. This is the point. This is the point, and this ties into the family stuff where. Um, they transition from being like cops and robbers from one through six, and they have to use this family thing in order to transition them into superheroes, right? Which we don't like, you know, we don't I, like that. I, I think the most, well, as someone who's seen exactly two Fast and Furious, sure. Furious movies, um, like when Letty shoots Dom in the in his shoulder, and he's like, oh, she's my family. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. No big deal. Right. No big deal. She doesn't remember. And the thing, what you're talking about, Daryl, is like the the inflection point of Dom going back for Letty, right? Like Brian sort of tries to talk him out of it. Jordana Brewster tries to talk him out of it. But he's like, no, nah, I got to like, I Wait, does she her. really not remember? She really, she really doesn't remember. remember. She really. Does I thought not she remember. was just like faking it. Faking it. To no, she has super impress. amnesia. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that so, makes more sense then. Yeah. Why she shot him? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I she, thought she was just like trying to prove herself to the other bad guys that she was like really on their side. Oh. So I. I didn't realize she like actually had amnesia. <laughs> no, no, no. The amnesia, as far as we know, is canon okay. and real. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But Dom makes the choice to go back for her, right? If Dom mm-hmm. doesn't make this choice, there's no movie, obviously. But like, let's take mm-hmm. that out of context. If Dom doesn't make the choice, the events in this movie set off the events in Seven because Deckard Shaw gets involved because he's out to avenge his brother, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they and they set off the events in eight because Cipher gets involved because she's been running Owen Shaw from the beginning, right? So like mm-hmm. Charlize Theron gets involved. Oh and wow! Theoretically, that the events in eight are going to set off the events in nine as well. So mm-hmm. and nine is the one that's been delayed. Delayed, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So and they set off the events in Hobbs and Shaw because you know. Shaw is there. Right? So, like, this is the cascading moment to me. Like, they're done. Mm-hmm. After five, they're done. They're safe, right. easy, whatever. But then yeah, this right. Letty re-entering the picture is like, we need to complete our family for some reason. Right. Like, yeah. Well, yeah, what is the only thing that could sort of, yeah, spark their return from the sweet life? Right? They, as cops and robbers, have made it. They've successfully right. skirted the law. They've, they've robbed. They've robbed to the maximum amount. But they use family as the only thing that will bring them back. And ultimately, you know, takes them down the wrong direction. And and they wrangle Hobbs into it at the end when um, 
Jordana Brewster gets kidnapped, right? Right. And there's this moment where Hobbs puts the gun to that British mm-hmm. military guy's head and says, like, it makes everything different. We've long held the British military guy is completely in the right here. <laughs> like, we should not be letting go this like super destructive EMP chip and the world's most dangerous criminal that mm-hmm. would potentially cause millions and billions of dollars and countless lives worth of damage for one person. But it's family, right? Right. It's and family. That, and that precise moment is where... Um, Hobbs becomes where Hobbs the character is the least believable, right? Where right. right he he at this point at that very specific moment has been he breaks his own code. He's been um, he's been sucked in by the Dominic Toretto gravity yes. and now has compromised himself. And it's it's like Jupiter. It's it's, it's, it's like, like a, it's like Jupiter. The gravitational I can't stand mass. Vin of... I like I can't. <laughs> I think that's why I just don't care for these movies as much as you guys do. Is that tell I just us don't. your biggest? Like, tell us your biggest problem with Vin with Diesel. With Vin Diesel, mm-hmm. I mean, I think he's just like he takes himself so seriously, mm-hmm. and he takes this movie so seriously, and it's very obvious that he takes himself seriously, even when mm-hmm. he's acting, which means mm-hmm. he's not a very good actor. Mm-hmm. Um. Like, The Rock is having, like, a great time the whole yes. time filming That's these true. movies. Yeah. yeah. As, are, as are many of the other people, Yeah, um, I feel like. And I, I don't know. I just, like, broadly really love The Rock. And so if it's – and it feels like a competition, even though I don't really know why, but it does feel like one. I'm so, glad you've picked up on this I picked The Rock. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is interesting. Okay. Yeah. Daryl – I picked The Rock. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you and I are on Tim v, t- Team Vin, correct? I'm on Team Vin, for sure. Yeah. And do you want to lay out your case for why Team Vin is the team to be on? I mean, I the main part of it is that I within the Fast and the Furious universe, like Team Vin is the answer. I recognize there exists like another point of view that like isn't totally centered week after week on the Fast and the Furious, in which case you might uh, say you would likely say that The Rock, in the grand scheme of things, is a better actor, more successful sort of business person, and overall has had a better, a better, more interesting acting career. He has a better narrative too. Yeah, but like in in like his social media, in his like world, like he is better at crafting his overall fun. Rocket. He's like mm-hmm. his like produced genuineness, right? Like yes. it's clearly an image that he cultivates very carefully. Right. Um, this sort of like selling this sort of genuine spirit and of hard work and dedication kind of thing. Yeah. So like that is certainly admirable and attractive. He's mm-hmm. a really cute kid too. It's like an uh, adorable daughter. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He does have a cute kid. And he keeps oh. posting these things of like him wrapping the Moana wrap. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's to so the kid. It's it was so just endearing. like endearing. But if I was the kid, I'd be like, "All right, got it. Thank you. <laughs> you no, kids you got it. that." Sorry, Daryl. Continue. Um. Yeah. I, I. Yeah. I'm just saying that in the grand scheme of things, The Rock has a lot of um, very legit accolades that he 
should be proud proud of and that a lot of people like it makes sense that they recognize them i think for my own purposes though like when i when i think about the series and the trajectory of sort of how these movies developed from mm-hmm. fast furious up to hobbs and shaw um i yeah i can't in good conscience um take the side of team rock in terms of how he's contributed to the franchise and the effects of his joining yeah him joining the cast here i think overall that has been is he the yoko to the oh to the beatles for sure okay right got it right like for sure uh or at least, like, from an outsider perspective, yeah. Okay. Um, well, I, I understand your bias now, but as as someone coming into this, you know, late, it's going to be hard to the other un- thing I undo think, what I have. The yeah. other thing I think is, like, hard for me is that, like, you watch these movies, like, you watch Fast and Furious 1, and you watch... Um, Saving Private Ryan, and you watch that short film Multifacial, <laughs> and you watch um, Find Me Guilty, and like Vin Diesel is there, like he is this charming, young, beautiful is man. Is he in Saving Private Ryan? Oh, yeah, that was his big, big, big breakout. <laughs> really? Yeah. I haven't seen that movie in a really long time, so. Um, but you, you watch these, and he's like this beautiful young wonderful charismatic actor who's like doing different things and is like you know uh, participating in a culture in these films and participating in like his craft and then you watch Furious 6 and like it's so bizarre to see him be this like gigantic walking weird monotone mask and I get why he's done that created that character as sort of this franchisable spirit but to me, it's like, I watch these movies and I'm like, in there, maybe you ate him, but somewhere in there is that young, beautiful spirit of Vin Diesel, mm-hmm. right? Like, he's in there somewhere. Yeah. And I keep holding out hope that one day, like, um, a, a, a phoenix or a... a he'll, like, um, he'll, like, do... He'll, he'll like, be, like, the lead in Angels in America or yes! something. Like, he'll do, like... Yes! Like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> like, yes! <laughs> right like you'll yeah. have this moment where you're yeah. like oh my god right um, he had it all along he had it all fucking you guys along. will say i told you so that is i'm <laughs> waiting me. i am waiting for the moment to tell the world i told you so about vin yeah diesel. about vin diesel mm-hmm. yeah i mean overall i enjoyed i found this movie very enjoyable okay. it was like fun for me to watch with my eyeballs like my brain was like <laughs> i am absorbing a new thing which is okay. not you know like in the pandemic i'm just like a dumb like idiot like, Ooh, that's so yeah. fun um um i really loved the plane situation mm-hmm. it felt like a lovely homage to air force one in oh yeah some ways Great. you know um, Con Air. Like I, I do like those movies. A yeah, lot. plain um, things are great. <laughs> yeah, great. I, I was wowed by the special effects throughout mm-hmm. the film. Mm-hmm. Um, truly, like when they're in a fucking tank 
was just yeah. like, <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> I have no clue. Uh, yeah, it was great. I will watch Seven probably in a few months when you ask me to. Yeah, for um, sure. For sure. I think this I wanted... is a good... I would love to continue this line of like spacing them out, right? Mm-hmm. Of like yeah. you getting this a picture of this franchise sort of every time we cycle around, we'll do the next one yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. I guess I, I mean, broadly, like, question about drag racing. Oh, so that, okay. I mean, they start, I guess, do they start as just street racers? Daryl, I'm going to let you feel, you're you're more tied into the California car culture <laughs> than I ever was. They start uh, yeah. as just, like, street racers. Right. They start as street racers. We even get a taste of the sort of early teen years for both Dom and Letty. Vin and uh, Michelle Rodriguez, right? Mm-hmm. They grew up. They grew up on the yeah. They grew up like in high school age, just yeah. Sixteen, turning sixteen, they already had cars. They were already racing them around. So they were yeah, driving cars and street racing cars from from youth. Is this common in certain parts of the world? Like, is this a real thing that happens? I think yes. I think it is a real thing that happens. It just seems like. It was, like, my dog, you can, Max is just, like, so confused what's going on. My dog's <laughs> just, like, standing in the background, just, like, what is happening. Nice. Um, yeah, I guess it's just not something that I'm super familiar with. And why would I be, really? It wasn't something that we were doing at the Wilson Northampton School. No, for sure not. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess you just, like, how do you get into this line of work? I mean, yeah, if I even think about when I was a teenager, there were, like, a few kids at my high school that, like, definitely had sweet cars, and that was their thing. They did cars, like, other people had, whatever, did skateboarding, did sports. These kids, like, had cars, and they would work on them, and I never saw them drag racing, but they looked like they had fast cars, and they were interested in modifying their cars, so they would... If not, go yeah, just if not go fast, at least look really fast. And okay. I think that car tuning culture is something that definitely existed around the time that yeah, this movie think, was made. Yeah, it's different, I think now. especially yeah. in LA. Like, there's like this, you know, LA is such a car city, and I think mm-hmm. there was this like emerging or maybe cresting moment of like street racing culture there mm-hmm. that this movie, the first one really taps into it. I, I, I think you should watch the first one last. This is yeah. my okay. theory. Yeah. I think you should watch the first one last. And I, cause it's, it's actually much smaller. It's this like really sort of, I mean, I talk about it in glowing terms. It's this wonderful little portrait of like a street racing culture. Okay. But, um, it would be interesting to watch all these superhero movies basically. And then go back right. and watch that and see what see what you think about it. Similar to my version of Drag Race, which is about drag queens, which is if you go back and you watch season one, mm-hmm. very old school, very low res, mm-hmm. you know, not a lot of bells and whistles, just right. like people doing drag best they can. And now it's like this whole massive production and right. everyone who goes on the show has like, Ten thousand dollar costumes and shit. So, 
And does that feel to you like it loses, it's lost some of the rawness of it? Like the sort of... Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. And it's super produced now too. Mm-hmm. At, like in a way that it used to not be. Like the like seasons one through four. This four is RuPaul's has, Drag Race we're talking about? RuPaul's Drag okay. Race, which is my, like my Fast and Furious. Yeah, like if I'm, <laughs> if I'm eating dinner and I need to put something on TV, I put an episode of RuPaul's Drag Race on. Fair. It's just like the thing that I love the most in in my entertainment world um but like seasons one through four like they had to know how to sew they at least know how to like design things and Hmm. put things together and that was always like dramatic the people were more interesting they were poorer too like they Hmm. didn't have as much money going on the show because drag was not as monetized or Hmm. as part of the mainstream as it is now so if you're a drag queen now going on the show you're making, or before pandemic, you were making a lot of money doing gigs, and it was much more popular than it was, right? You know, when the show first started airing, it also used to be on like Logo TV, and now it's on VH1. So that obviously, there was a Bravo moment, also, correct or no? Was it ever on Bravo? No, it was never on Bravo. But like, I think Bravo owns Logo, so sometimes ah. it would be like on oh. Bravo in the middle of the day. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you'd be like homesick. I remember watching mm. season three at home. But, um, yeah. That's pretty cool. Speaking of monetization sure. in general, uh, you guys want to do shout outs? Let's go so for it. So we have a little segment on this show called shout outs where we talk about products or people or things. I forgot, I forgot cool. about this. Yeah, but I didn't I'll, mention I'll, it before. I, I have... I. I have one, so go ahead. Everybody, does, I mean, in this great world of capitalism <laughs> that we live in, everybody does. Yeah. Is the, is, that's the best part about this segment. Uh, but these movies have a lot of product placement, and we felt like in the spirit of that, we should have some product free product placement on this show as well. Sure. Daryl Wong, do you want to start us off this week? Sure. Um, so in the spirit of uh, car movies and cars, um, my shout out this week is car related. Oh. Um, so there's a lot of driving happening. There's a lot of unpredictable situations. And one of the most important parts of owning a car was having car insurance. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. I like so this. I, so I am yeah. a new, I'm a new, yeah, I'm a recent, yeah, I'm a new car owner. And I also uh-huh. am a, uh, I just started a new car insurance policy with Geico. Oh, wow. Okay. And okay. um, I've only had this car for a couple weeks here, and I'm glad I, yeah, I set it up with Geico because I already got some of those benefits. What kind uh, of benefits? Part, uh, basically, we got a flat tire. We went on the went on a r- little trip this weekend to uh, Massachusetts, and I've heard uh, of we, it. Mm-hmm, and we uh, when we arrived, we didn't notice it at first, but uh, day after, so Memorial Day, um, I looked at the car. And I was like, "Ooh, we for sure have a flat tire." Hmm. and um, I had to figure out sort of what to do in the situation, and then I remembered I've got roadside assistance provided by Geico Auto Insurance, and the kind folks at Geico were not a- not only able to service me uh, through the mobile app to call uh, like a tow truck, but I also talked to a person, set it yeah. all up, they covered the they covered the whole tow, oh. and what yeah, what seemed like it could have been like a very horrible experience cost me 20 bucks and i was fixed and it yeah it took a little while at the actual tire shop but like 
I'm glad I had the insurance, and I'm yeah. glad that that's a that's one of the perks. So incredible, it's good shit. I've often been a progressive man myself. Mm-hmm. Um, Not USAA. I don't get my car insurance through USAA. Yeah, I never have. Yeah, I've progressive has them. been the cheapest most of the time, <clears throat> especially for motorcycle. And then I pair the car insurance with the motorcycle insurance. Gotta bundle right. it up. Gotta bundle it up. I'm a bundle babe over here. <laughs> so let's do it, you know? And here's the other thing. I have never... I know insurance is a pain in the ass to deal with, but I've never met an insurance adjuster like when I've gotten in an accident or something gone wrong or like I skidded out on a bike one time and had to get some stuff fixed. And the adjuster comes to your car and looks at it and assesses the damage. I've never met an adjuster who wasn't like a super cool dude. Basically, like they're always they're always agree. very nice I when I talk to the USAA people. Totally, always, like super great and kind. Yeah, USAA. I've had it since I was like 15 years old, so I'm not changing now. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, shout out to car insurance, specifically Geico Auto Insurance. Sponsor uh, us. Yeah, sponsor. I mean, whatever. Pay us. Don't pay us. <laughs> It'd be great. Kate, do you have something uh, you want to shout out to this week? <clears throat> sure. Um, so, as you might know, I recently became a gamer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, on my Switch, uh, which has kept me very occupied in the quarantina and um, and especially uh, of late. But I started playing this game called Fire Emblem Three Houses, which is like the dork. It is like <laughs> it is so. Mm-hmm. It's like an R. It's an R. It's a like RPG. Like you're you're this professor at this academy, and you're training all your little students to like go into battle with you, mm-hmm. and you have to like learn about them and then train them. I'm, anyway, I spend hours playing this game, and right. um, it's amazing. It's a really I great fun have, game. I've heard of. I believe. I've seen YouTube ads for what I believe is a mobile game, like a phone mm-hmm. game called Fire Emblem Heroes. Maybe I was probably. I mean, they're probably related. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's super fun. And then my other shout out, if I can have two, yeah. is um, my like my self comfort these days are these very expensive candles that I probably Ooh. need to stop buying now that I am now that I am not employed right but they're they're what is this? what's the brand it's called kobo kobo c-o-b-o yeah mike likes the bourbon vanilla ones oh. so i buy him those ones and put them upstairs <laughs> in his office i okay. have the portuguese olive blossom and the wisteria wow and they're more money than i would like to share i'm into you. a candle for sure yeah mm-hmm um, and I'm definitely into the candle life as, um, a last minute gift that you have no idea what to get a person. Sure. You know? Well, you can get me candles now. Like, literally, mm. I've just told you <laughs> the mid, the, like, this is the moment. lowest bar. Like, I'm giving you permission to give me this kind of candle for the oh, rest no. of our lives at right. Christmas. Daryl, have you ever had, so- you've ever been a candle... Part of the candle crew? 
So I, I tried to be part of the candle crew. I at some point bought a couple like nice ones. Um, there's one I got from West Elm that I kind of liked. Mm-hmm. It was called yeah. Rewind. Nice. They took um, they took <laughs> wine bottles and they cut them in half and then they like made soy candles with like wine themes for them. It's they a smelled look. delicious. I'm very I'm to be clear I'm very I'm all about fire safety. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, you know I'm. I'm really I'm very paranoid about lighting my house on fire, so I'm not like a crazy candle person. There's a person that Nick and I know who's like a crazy candle person yes. who just lights candles mm-hmm. and just leaves them. Mm-hmm. Just leave all, all night long. It's really night terrifying. Long. Just it's have really candles. terrifying. I blow like... them out. Here's the thing. I walk back <laughs> yeah. upstairs and I blow them out. That's so, the deal. Right. I'm staying over. <laughs> So one of the things that I didn't know I'm not about... going to bed while the candles are I'm not fucking going to bed with these candles. It's true. I'm not doing it. Sorry. It's just true. There's a technique to burning candles, which I didn't know Ooh. of, which is that you, you're not you're supposed to burn them for a certain amount of time for like the top layer to kind of level yeah. out. And if you're not burning it for like two hours or so, you're ruining the candle. Because what yeah, it'll do is it'll let tunnel. The candle go. From like midnight to eight AM, and just like the candle burn out, because that's also a safety hazard. Right, that seems dangerous. You got it. Yeah. So we got to talk about timing candles. Here. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, you gotta... I'm coming home from a long day of work. I'm slugging <laughs> my briefcase. I slap it up on the kitchen counter, and I'm saying, "Honey, do you want a you candle?" You know what tonight? I need right now is just a fucking smooth ass. Vanilla bean pomegranate <laughs> candle. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay? Yeah. So like five five thirty, that's prime candle hour. Because then mm-hmm. we can burn it to seven thirty, eight o'clock, nine o'clock, maybe question mark. <laughs> but at least we can get that going out before we go to bed. In yeah. terms of safety, that's what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you're starting a candle at nine p.m., like. You better like that's a safety hazard right yeah. there. That's it's almost a, a death wish, it's right? It's a commitment, right? Because come, a, yeah. yeah, come nine forty. Maybe you had a glass and a half of wine. Mm-hmm. You're feeling a little bit tired, but you mm-hmm. know you can't burn that. You know you can't blow that candle out mm-hmm. to at least ten thirty, or yeah. else you're gonna ruin it. You're and now you're it. in a position where this is you incredible. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, that's a little complicated for me. I want to shout out this week. I have a pro shout out this week, but it's it's a little bit of a rant. Daryl, you know how I'm trying to save the world, right? Obviously. Yeah. So I um in that ethos, sometimes I go to a cafe and I get the you know, like a takeout cup instead mm-hmm. of staying there, but I'm often I've been doing like no lid here. Here's the mm. deal. I don't want the lid. Because I feel like the cardboard is like less problematic, <laughs> but the plastic lid, even if it's one of those like newfangled compostable plastics, which a lot are around Auckland, mm-hmm. is like let's let's forego the lid, you know, let's vote with our dollars here for the earth. Okay, so I uh, so I go to the gym, which is down a very big hill. And on the way back from the gym, sometimes I get a coffee at this coffee shop. And, like, admission, you know, there's a lady who works there that's like, you know, <laughs> she gives me a smile every once in a while. She's into like, you. I, yeah. 
So she gives me a smile. I'm 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 into like I'm into her giving me a smile. So she, I you know I say to her I say oh yeah no lib you know, <laughs> and she like is a little impressed. She's like oh no lib okay we're doing good in the world here all right. <laughs> so I get this coffee. And I take it outside, and then I realize I have to walk up this fucking hill with this full-ass hot cup of coffee with no lid on it. It's insane. So I'm, like, burning my fingers, and I'm trying to, like, drink it while it's super hot to get it down lower so that the sloshing will be less effective, right? Anyway, so now I like to get a cup of coffee at this coffee place, but now every time I go back to this coffee, I can't now switch to lid, <laughs> lid. because this lady is impressed yeah. with my no-lid situation, right? This is very oh Seinfeldian. <laughs> um, this is, like, very Seinfeldian. It also makes me think of, Nick, I, I mean, I'm very impressed with your no-lid. That's great. Thank you very Good much. Good for you. Yeah. The shout-out is two lids, though. I it's still think we need them. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I remember when like my favorite coffee shop started doing the paper straw, and it was just like just mm. don't just don't give me a lid or a straw. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll just drink it out of that. Like yeah. that's better. <laughs> than, that is better than like a piece of paper disintegrating yeah. in my mouth because I'm trying <laughs> to drink it. McDonald's here switched entirely to paper paper straws, which I think is mm-hmm. an incredibly impressive effort. But I went to McDonald's for breakfast one day here and ordered an orange juice and literally was like dipping it in acid with a paper yeah. Disintegrated. So this is, do you just like that this woman flirts with you because it gives you like a little ego boost? Yeah, 100%. Oh, okay. I'm a vain, so, petty individual. Yeah. <laughs> so here's a fun story. Um, Nick and I had never really like gone out to dinner together. Basically ever mm-hmm. true right before like a couple years ago true maybe two or three years ago like it was always either we would see each other at home but there was very little outside the home interaction or dinner and we went mm-hmm. to a restaurant with my other brother and we were sitting there and i suddenly got very confused because Every single wait staff, every single member of the wait staff was like absolutely thirsty for Nick, like what? in a way. And Definitely he was not. like eating it up and like giving it back, and then, and it was like re- I, I just I did not realize. I mean, because you're my brother, mm-hmm. I did, and. Like, I don't think you're, like, ugly or anything. Thank you. But I did not realize (laughs) that you were, like, hot and that, like, people reacted to that in a very, very profound way. Mm -hmm. And then we kept going out and then it kept happening and it was, like, super unsettling. So is it just, like, very unsettling for you or do you Um, love it? It's sometimes unsettling for me. Okay. Um... I feel frightened sometimes, to be to be honest with really? you. Really? Yeah, I've gotten into those situations where I've been a little nervous, for sure. I mean, not in the way that, like, I actually fear for my safety, but, like... With uh, men or I, women? Women. Because I've... With women? Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not... You know, I get flirted with, with men, too, sometimes. 
That's always a great experience. <laughs> you know, I'm like, always just like, out. I'm not on your side on this, but I really love that this is happening right yeah. now. You know, I like posted pictures of Nick on Instagram, and immediately, like my dirty, thirsty gay coworkers <laughs> are like, "Who is that? Is he gay? Can I talk to him? Can I have mm-hmm. his number?" Mm-hmm. Anyway, no. that was a real side rant, but no, like, it's cool. In, to bring it back, I Real imagine ego-based. that's what Paul Walker felt like for his whole life. Yeah, I that imagine is just too. A stunning human being. And I was looking at there was one scene I forget which one it was, but like just just it was like an extreme close up on his big beautiful blue eyes. Mm, mm-hmm. It's so what? nice in this movie to have his real face and him alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, he's fake in the in the next one. Well, he died halfway through filming. Right. So there's some moments. Died drag racing. N- well, probably not, driving not fast, quite. not necessarily drag racing. He was you know, at a car expo, and uh, he and a friend of his got in a Porsche 911 GT. Is that right? Mm-hmm. To try. I read the Wiki- I read the Wikipedia like two yeah. days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, to try. But he was going out. too fast. And his friend was driving and went too fast, and they crashed into some sort of light pole. Like five yeah. minutes from the expo, basically. Horrible. Horrible. Mm-hmm. So tragic. Yeah, absolutely. Unbelievable. Because he's so handsome. He was a handsome, handsome individual. Don't think he can act for... No, the but there is, him. like, this charming glue that he brings to the party, right? Like... Yeah. Let's get back to talking about this movie. Paul Walker... Here, like I do, I do think he brings a cohesive balance to Vin Diesel's like serious. You know what I mean? Like Vin Diesel mm-hmm. is taking this so seriously, like you said, and maybe that's a detriment. Maybe it's an asset, but I do think it's a little bit like balanced out by Paul Walker's like lighthearted spirit about everything, right? Yeah, yeah. He's the. Do you guys ever see Varsity Varsity Blues? I feel like I have not. I don't I'm just so. here to talk about every other <laughs> No, it's or, cool. It's cool. It's a great it's a great movie. Yeah. You should watch it. Also Dawson from Dawson's Creek, isn't it? James Vanderbeek. Yeah. Um James is good. I never saw Varsity Blues. I have seen some other Paul Walker features, I think. Tammy and the T Rex, in which mm-hmm. he is uh, well, I also made you guys watch The Skulls, and you guys hated that movie. We did. Because <laughs> that movie's bad. Yeah. It's really not no one, no one, No one liked that. No one liked it. Yeah. Um, Tammy and the T-Rex is where he is dating Denise Richards and is converted by a mad scientist into a Tyrannosaurus Rex. And he plays <laughs> okay. the Tyrannosaurus Rex the whole rest of the time. It's pretty good. That's a bit. There's another call, uh, car feature that Paul Walker was in, or something. It's called like Drift or something, or like oh. Chase Down. That sounds kind of familiar. Mm-hmm. Mike's gonna walk by and be embarrassed. That's cool. <laughs> um, yeah, Daryl, what else you got for the from this from this are your fifteenth watch through of Furious Six? Mm-hmm. What was your main? Number one takeaway. All right, I got I got two small ones here. Mm-hmm. So, um, remember, so the there's a song that they're playing when Dom is driving up with the red 
Daytona up in London up to the point where um, Rita Ora, he's driving up to that plaza. They have all the waterfalls, all the dancers. And there's a Rita song. Rita Ora's big moment. Exactly. Her biggest moment. Yeah. So this is unverified at this point, but there's mm-hmm. the song that they're playing seems like it's just a normal, like of the times, 2013, like DJ dance track. Yeah. But mm-hmm. upon this listen, I actually think this was a custom, whatever, a custom track that had uh-huh. elements of it that draw from the guitar riffs in the first house party from the Fast and the Furious dun, dun, 1. Ding. Exactly. Dun, dun, ding. Yep, right? So where Vince <laughs> is there. Vince yeah. is there strumming. So that song that they're playing when they're showing the uh, 1327 initial party, I believe, was remixed. Wow. It was did it like a club remix that they were playing very subtly um, as, yeah, in that scene. Here's what I vow. For the patrons on our Patreon, I will do a deep dive on this <laughs> and try to figure out what's going on, basically. I'll do a comparison... I'll do a. I'll go and do some investigative journalism, something that's sadly uh, an art that's sadly uh, losing ground in this uh, nation. Uh, but uh, I'm going to do some investigative journalism and try to find out whether that's the case. It always, okay. to me, sounded like that Rob Zombie song that's like in the Matrix. I think. Mm-hmm. There's like one scene in the Matrix where they go to a club with Trinity, and it's like. Anyway, that's what it I do feel like. like Fast and Furious is missing Keanu Reeves. I feel like he'd bring a lot to the franchise. I think probably broadly. He would too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As someone who really enjoyed all three John Wick movies. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yes. We yeah. all. I think all three of us on this pod have have enjoyed them very much. Yeah. Um, Keanu really would be a great addition. I think like. In the Keanu vein would be a good addition rather than in the like the John Cena pro wrestler vein, which is totally. the way they've seemed to be going, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm so... just saying yes, like I know what I'm talking about. I don't, but um... <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. I just like, love more Keanu. Charlie's Theron and less, yeah, you know Roman Reigns. That's how I feel about this franchise. It's like let's get some better caliber people. Not that right. pro wrestlers aren't. Talented in their own right. I just mean, do we need... How many do we need? We've had Mm -hmm. three so far in this franchise. Right. Well, Um, it was a good movie. It was a great way to spend Sunday morning. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Do you have anything else you need to... Is burning in your heart to talk about from this movie? From the movie? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, no. Honestly. Anything else (laughs) in your heart that you're burning to talk about in general? Um, no, I'm like really good. Like I'm just really good. You know, mm-hmm. that's a weird thing to say given. Oh, I did unfollow dad on Twitter. That was Sick. my big news. I love that. That was that. my big news of the week. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I might do the same thing literally right now. He <laughs> so, so our dad has become this like boomer reply guy. Mm-hmm. And like. Yeah, it's, it's. It's rough for it's us. Really, it's really <laughs> rough for us. It's really rough for me because he's like in my industry, and so a lot of people I know professionally 
also follow him. Mm-hmm. And it's gotten to a point where it was like so humiliating that I was texting him basically every time he tweeted, like, please stop, please stop, please stop. You're embarrassing me so mm-hmm. much. And, um, and he was like, I'm not going to apologize for being a contrarian. How dare you? Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, just for like peace in our time, I'm just going to click the unfollow button. And that way I don't have to see it or interact with it or say that I saw it and didn't do anything. Any of it. Yeah. Not yeah. that that's like anywhere close to the world's biggest problem, but I felt like um, like a mortified eighth grader. No, I think you're week. taking the right tack, right? Like, yeah. It's obviously like unsustainable situation where he's. he's, he's I disagreed with. I disagree. Out, I disagreed it's outrageous. with something. I disagreed with something that he had tweeted, and he was like, "If you disagree with me, you can tweet at me about it." And I was like. Absolutely not. I'm not going to direct more attention <laughs> to you. To you in this situation. So, well, if you want to yeah. direct some attention to us on Twitter, okay. you can find us at Nolt Podcast, N O L T T Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have an Instagram. No one likes to tune a podcast on Instagram. We have a Facebook, facebook.com slash no one likes to tune a podcast. And we have a Patreon. If you want to throw us a buck, you can do that at patreon.com. Slash, no one likes to tune a podcast. Um, we believe that tears in Patreon are the machinery of the bourgeoisie, so we don't. We have them, but if it's all pay what you will, and you get everything for any tier, so that's our deal. Um, what else we got? Apple Podcasts. You can write us a review on Apple Podcasts. I would love you to do that, um, and because it actually really still strangely helps us. And Daryl, did you know something this week happened this week? We're on Spotify. What happened this now. week? Oh, no. so if you search "No One Likes the Tuna" podcast on Spotify, you can follow us there. And um, I don't know anything about Spotify, and I don't use it, and I never have. But I did do the account stuff enough to get the podcast on Spotify. Do you think you should put like "Fast, fast and Furious" like in your search terms, so if people want to every, find a "Fast every and Furious" episode, podcast? Every episode name starts with Fast and Furious colon some funny joke Got that it. I make. Okay. So mm-hmm. the, and that was in the originally specifically <laughs> designed to show up in searches for Fast and Furious stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Just want to make sure you're you're harnessing that SEO. We are trying to, but you know what else helps? Sharing our tweets and episodes on various platforms. So okay, anybody or including our guests would do that. That is always a very <laughs> will do. Yeah, awesome, uh, Daryl. Any uh, parting words from you? Um, I'm good. I all right. One last thing before we go. Hit us. So. This, these movies get longer and longer, uh-huh. and we've often um, sort of plagued ourselves that we only watch the extended cut of these movies. Yes. Because uh, I accidentally I bought them. I have the extended cut, too, and I was like, mm-hmm. how extended is this cut? Mm-hmm. I looked it up. The difference between the extended cut and the theatrical cut, 54 seconds. Whoa! <laughs> Incredible. It so we thought we, we thought we were I suffering. Would, 
I would trade all my riches in the world <laughs> to get those 54 seconds back every every week. I can't even tell you. If I could shave 54 seconds off watching one of these movies, I, I, I would give almost anything. My liver, take it. I absolutely feel like you guys don't talk enough about how much you hate you you hate doing this yeah so you like extreme. hate watching like you hate watch like you don't think that is enough i think that's like not a big it should be a bigger discussion like perhaps it will be in the future perhaps we'll talk about it more it's the the confounding thing about the pod is that we love the movies mm-hmm. or at least like the movies um but Absolutely despise watching them every week. <laughs> just, just, it is the worst fucking thing I do in my life every week. Yeah. yeah. I don't know that I would, I mean, the closest thing I have is Drag Race and I have way more episodes yeah. that I can watch. Mm-hmm. And then I've seen Center Stage, like, at least <laughs> A 30 classic. times. A classic. But... 20 years old this year. Yeah. I've mm-hmm. read every piece of content about it. As well, uh, it's really, really good, but um, but yeah, I don't think I could do what you do, so thank you. I really my hat's that. off to you, thank you yeah, so much. It's, been, it's a lot of work. Our hat is going on this podcast because it's over. That's it, <laughs> it's we're so leaving. Great. Take care, everybody. Yeah.